Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is Kerrigan Johnson, soccer player for the Fairmont State University women's soccer team. Kerrigan, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Now, today's subject, we're going to be talking something a little bit personal with Kerrigan, uh, something that she's been battling and dealing with, eating disorder. And uh, I think it's a subject that uh, needs to be talked about more within our soccer community and just even with our general community as well. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, some of the things that uh, Kerrigan has gone through and has dealt with and uh, maybe some of the things that she continues to struggle with today and hopefully uh, be able to to help uh, maybe some some players out there that may be dealing with the same issues uh, that Kerrigan deals with. And uh, of course, on future episodes of our podcast, we're going to be talking, uh, like today, we're going to be talking about the human aspect, uh, that type of thing. And then we're going to talk to a clinical psychologist and talk about it from that point of view, and then have on in, on another week, uh, talk to a registered dietitian nutritionist, and talk to a little bit about from that angle. So we want to talk about the subject we want you to you know hear what we're talking about you know and maybe a subject that you can bring up uh, with your athlete uh, when the time is right and talk to them a little bit more about it so we appreciate you coming on the show my first question for you Kerrigan is obviously an eating disorder doesn't happen overnight for you talk to us a little bit about how this all started for you yeah so like you said an eating disorder doesn't just happen overnight for me this um, journey began about a year ago this this month. Um, I kind of started noticing um, this eating disorder when I started to gain weight. Um, we were having really hard training sessions at soccer and that in turn, my body needed more calories. So I was eating more calories and the weight I was gaining wasn't necessarily fat. A lot of it was muscle, but I began seeing those changes on my body. And when I also saw the changes on the scale, I automatically thought it was a bad thing. So after that, I said, you know, I need to step back, maybe start eating a little bit healthier. Um, throughout preseason and any really hard training sessions, my coach would always tell us, at the end of the day, if you're trying to decide whether to eat a cheeseburger or a salad, pick the cheeseburger because, you know, you need those calories more and it's going to benefit you more. Um, but I mean, I don't eat cheeseburgers, but <laughs> um, I quit eating those more um, unhealthier foods and restricted myself to the salads and the you know, eggs. And while I really enjoy those foods, my body needed extra calories and I wasn't giving that to myself. Um, so once I noticed that wasn't really helping me 
lose the weight I wanted to, I started skipping meals. And this more so started on maybe days I had no practice or it was a walkthrough day, days I could skip meals and still function. Um, right. But that still wasn't enough. So then it developed into purging after I ate. And what started off as voluntary, um, you know, after I ate a meal, I would just go make myself throw up. It slowly progressed and it was just like a domino effect. It became uncontrollable and I couldn't control that voluntary um, action anymore, which really turned into an eating disorder that I never imagined I would ever struggle with. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's obviously when, when you deprive yourself of, of the calories that you need and your coach was right is the fact that you need those. And I, you know, I've talked to a number of registered dietitian nutritionists that say that that's, you know, that's the thing that we need those extra calories to, uh, to combat all the extra training that you have and to be able to uh, fuel the body properly and things along that lines. Now, when you started right. to, when you started to go down this road, how did it perfect, uh, how did it affect your performance on the field? Yeah. So it almost started affecting my performance almost immediately. Um, those days where I was skipping meals or had even ate a meal and chose to throw it right back up after I was showing up to practices day in and day out and my body was physically weak. Um, so when we were going through drills and doing conditioning, I was not able to give that 110% like everybody else on the field or I would have in the months prior. So I, as a player, really saw myself decline um, because I didn't have that energy to put out and do all these drills that our coach expected of us um although like i don't i haven't mentioned this i kept this all a secret um right for a few months nobody knew about it and although my teammates and coaches never directly said anything to me um i could see where maybe they thought you know my performance was lazy or i wasn't giving that 100 percent. and while they had no idea why um, my performance definitely showed that I wasn't able to perform at my highest level. And that was because I wasn't nourishing my body like it needed to be. And, you know, and that obviously I, I would think that would be a logical step for a teammate or a coach to think uh, that. I mean, you, you, the first thing you don't go to is, oh, she's not nourished enough and she's got a problem. You would, right, you would never right. you would never think that it's just oh she's not working as hard as she used to you know maybe it's something else or she's just being lazy or you know and anything and and if you know if you don't eat properly and you don't feel your body properly your body's not going to be able to perform the way that you need it to perform um what was the tipping point for you when you knew you needed help um a few months like i said i had kind of kept this very personal. I didn't speak about it at all for almost five months. Um, wow. And my tipping point was really, I realized I was going some pretty extreme um, periods of time without eating. Um, and I really realized that it's not healthy to do that, but I didn't really know how to get better. I was in such a 
bad state that while I said, like, I realized it's not healthy to go a few days without eating or it's not healthy to make yourself throw up after meals, I didn't know how to make myself better. So after that, those few months, I realized I just couldn't do it on my own anymore. And I finally opened up to my parents and eventually my teammates, my boyfriend, the people that were closest to me. And I realized how much support I had. Um, Once I did that, they helped me get the help I needed, but I had been so afraid to ask for. What I find amazing about this whole thing is that you knew that you weren't performing your best. You knew that you know, that you weren't, uh, it, you knew it wasn't healthy to be doing this, but yet you continued to do it because of, you know, maybe the way that you looked or the, or the weight number itself. Talk to right. me, talk to me a little bit about that, of, of that battle between, cause obviously it's almost like, you know, the devil and the angel on the shoulder. It's like, you know, I know, I know this isn't, this isn't good for me. I know this is not, you know, what I should be doing. But at the same time, I don't like this number going up on the scale. I don't like how I because I mean, I think I would think that would be the biggest thing. And I've always tried to do that with my daughter is let her know that your body's going to change. You know, I said, you're an athlete, you're not the normal, you know, Jane Doe on the street that doesn't that doesn't compete. You know, I mean, you know, you're in soccer, you know, you're going to have you're going to have a muscular body. I mean, that's the one thing that you got to get, you know, used to, to seeing yourself as, I mean, what's that battle like between, you know, that number on the scale and knowing that this isn't healthy for you? Yeah. So that was definitely the hardest part was like you said, I knew it wasn't good for me, but I was not able to really convince myself that it, or convince myself otherwise. Um, Once I had gained a little bit of weight, um, I had just became so extremely dissatisfied with my body image. I didn't really understand why my body was looking different from another, you know, one of my teammates' bodies. Um, My thought was, oh, well, we're both running the same amount and putting in the same work and why are my legs a little bit bigger than hers or why am I 20 pounds heavier than hers? So that was the hardest part was also, I was so bad for comparing myself to others. Um, And while I knew what I was doing was wrong, I couldn't find that control to, like you said, tell myself my body is going to be different and no matter if I eat the same exact meal as somebody else, our bodies are going to look different. I didn't have that knowledge and really understand that concept at the time. Um, but yeah, it's so hard to knowing in the back of your mind, don't do it, but your mind kind of takes control and takes over. And I think a lot of people don't understand and and probably need to understand a little bit more that this ends up becoming, I mean, I all along, it's a psychological issue. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's, 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 it's probably something that you can't fight on your own, that you need, yes. that you need some sort of help. And it's, it's, and I'm, I'm so glad that you figured, got to the point where you knew you needed help and that you asked for it. Why don't you t- take us through those steps that you uh, did to get the help that you needed? 
Yeah, so I think the hardest part about this all is the first step in getting help, and that was me admitting that I needed help. Um, Like I said, I had went so long with trying to handle things on my own and help myself, Um, and that first step is just admitting that you need help. Um, I didn't want to be seen as weak, and I was almost embarrassed to admit that I was struggling with an eating disorder because you don't really ever see college athletes or really, I mean, any athlete for that matter, go to counseling or speak up about things they struggle with. And sometimes I think college athletes and, you know, other people, other athletes are held to a higher standard, but at the end of the day, we struggle just like everybody else. And but that wasn't something I ever saw. So taking that first step to admit that I do need help, um, that was my first step. Once I did that and realized the amazing support system I had, my parents, my coaches, my teammates, you know, that's not even naming everybody, they all helped me find someone that would help the situation I was in. For my case, you know, I obviously was struggling with an eating disorder, but I also, you know, that's a lot of mental problems as well. So I began seeing a mental health therapist and a dietitian, which were both beneficial to me because an eating disorder is such a big mental game. Like we said, you know it's wrong, but you can't control yourself and make yourself do the right thing and stop you from doing that. So seeing them really helped me learn and unlearn behaviors, but also helped me redevelop a positive relationship with food. And once I've done those steps, once I got over the first step, the second step seems so much easier. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost a relearning process and, and, and yeah, I mean, that's just incredible. Um, a process that you, that, that you would have to go through, I would think, um, how are you obviously i would think that this is something that doesn't go away it's something that'll that'll be with you you know maybe for the rest of your life but what what are how do you handle this issue on a daily basis so every every day is a different day um i would be lying if i said it's been easy um the thing about recovery and recovering from an eating disorder is you don't just choose to recover one time. Um, You choose to recover every single day and get better. And you have to tell yourself every single day you want to recover and get better because it's so easy to fall back on those old behaviors. And once you do it one time, it's so easy to relapse. So while I'm still in recovery and it's been a year since this all started, I I still do struggle, um, but every day I have to remind myself that basically no food can hurt me more than my eating disorder did, um, and I don't have to earn my food. Um, And I also have to be open about my bad days. I learned in those long months where I kept this all bottled up in a secret that I've got so many people around me that are going to support me and they want to see me do better. So on those hard days where it's hard to sit down and really let myself eat a meal, 
you know, I open up about it and express my feelings to whether it's my therapist or a close friend or I call my mom or dad, a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. Um, and I just, I think that's really important. I think some people don't always want to be open, but like I said, a little encouragement goes a long way and dealing it, dealing with it is different every day, but I'm still learning as I go. And you're going to have bad days. You're going to have right. days where it's not the way that it should be and might be off a little bit. It might be off a lot. Um, yeah. You know, how do you, how do you deal with, how do you deal with those days? Um, on, you know, hard days, I have, there's a lot of things I've learned in therapy where it's a lot of self-talk. I have to self, try to self-talk myself out of that negative situation and, you know, remind myself that I don't have to earn my food and my body is always going to be different no matter if I eat the same meal as everybody else. Um, so self-talk is really, really big. And that's something, you know, I still struggle with because it would be fair to say that while I've come a long way, I'm still not completely satisfied where I'm at. So on those really, really hard days where I am struggling, I have to look for other help, whether I call my therapist and just tell her, hey, I'm really struggling today. I need a little extra help or whoever it is, I'm not hesitant to reach out anymore and get help that I was afraid to ask for before. Now, I'm a, uh, I am ai love social media and I, I, I love that the positivity that can come from social media i don't mm -hmm. love i don't love the negativity that comes with it sometimes <laughs> but in anything Absolutely. you got to deal with the good and the bad of of everything um do and i don't want to bash social media but did that contribute anything of of body image or anything like that for you yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always been very active on social media ever since I was in middle school. Um, and although I didn't really see it as an underlying issue back then, once I started to kind of sit down and really think things out, social media really was a big influence on this whole process for me because, like I said, I was constantly comparing myself to others, whether it was girls on my team or other college female athletes or even college soccer players. I was always on social media seeing these girls and seeing what they look like. And that made me turn and criticize myself because that's not what I looked like. So like you said, I, I definitely agree. Social media has, you know, many great advantages and there's a lot of positives to it but in my case I had to step back and get off social media for a little bit and log out completely and really take time for myself to not care what other people looked like and so I wouldn't compare myself to them so I'm doing better on that now but I would definitely say social media really hurt me in a big way and in, in that situation as we wrap things up here, Kerrigan, um, if you could just give young girls that are listening to this podcast or maybe the parents of young girls, especially soccer players, uh, one piece of advice about your ordeal, what would that one piece of advice be? I would definitely have to say don't 
you don't have to reach your breaking point before you ask for help. And when you ask for help, don't be embarrassed about it. Um, I think, you know, we all are going through something, whether someone might have it worse than you, that doesn't mean your struggles aren't valid. Um, and our mental illness and eating disorders, whatever happens in our life, we don't really get to dictate that, especially mental illness. Um, it's not our choice what we get to struggle with, but recovery is a choice. And I'll end by saying that the road to recovery isn't going to be easy. Um, it's not linear. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows. Um, and it's a really long process, but especially in the eating disorder um, aspect, you're never going to be able to live a full life on an empty stomach. And I can tell young girls or even girls my age that might be struggling with this, a smaller you isn't a better you, and I promise it's not going to make you any happier. That's a great piece of advice. Great piece of advice for our young athletes out there. Kerrigan, I thank you so much for coming on our podcast today to talk about your ordeal. I know uh, it's not easy, but I know also, too, uh, just in us talking back and forth, um, that you want to help others and help them through uh, their ordeal by sharing your ordeal. And we certainly appreciate that. And thank you for coming on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.